Welcome back to Whose Crime Is It Anyway? I'm Lisa. And I'm Shell. And you're listening to our Halloween episode, where I'm going to share one of Canada's most infamous paranormal mysteries. Oh my gosh. Is this our first paranormal episode? Ah, yes. And ah. I love paranormal. I'm surprised I haven't done one yet. Oh, I'm excited for this one. So before we dive in, we want to give a shout out to our Apple podcast reviewer of the week. This one is from Caribou. It says, more episodes, please. Hi, ladies. Your podcasts are so refreshing and I appreciate your research given to each of the cases you review. Thank you for also focusing on victims of crime and not traditionally covered. Please keep up the great work. You have something really special here. Oh, it's so nice. Thank you. I love that. Oh. Thank you, Caribou. Wow. Nice one. <laughs> In 1829, nearly 200 years ago, in the small community of Baldoon, Ontario, a farmer and his family began experiencing haunting disturbances in their home that couldn't be explained. Footsteps were heard marching through the halls and objects would be thrown across the room by unseen hands. But it wasn't until the torment escalated so much that they realized their lives were in danger and that they could be dealing with a poltergeist. Lock your doors, grab a drink, and gather round. This is the spine-tingling story of the Baldoon Mysteries. Take it away, girl! In 1804, 15 families emigrated from Scotland to Southern Ontario near Wallaceburg with Lord Selkirk. They named this settlement Baldoon after a town in Scotland. It was situated near the Sny River between Wallaceburg and Lake Erie. It was really close to the American border, literally just over an hour drive northeast from Detroit. And fun fact, Wallaceburg was named after Scotland's hero, Sir William Wallace. Oh. Sons of Scotland! I don't even know who that is. I knew it! Why? Who is it? Braveheart! Oh no! There it is! I'm sorry. Everybody! So in 1829, John MacDonald bought a lovely two-story home for his family on a farm in Baldoon. Upon his purchase, an old woman who lived in a low log home down the way approached him and asked if she could buy the land from him, and he declined her offer. The woman persisted and would ask on a few more occasions, but John was firm on his decision. One day, the young women of the McDonald family were working in the barn, collecting hay, when a pole from the ceiling came crashing down to the ground in the middle of where they were working just barely missing the women. They looked around at each other, wondering what the heck just happened. A few minutes later, as they continued their work, another pole came crashing down. They immediately went up to the loft to investigate why these poles were falling down, but with no luck. They couldn't find a reason to explain it. So after they calmed down, they got back to work. And just as the mood was becoming light and cheery again, third pole hits oh the ground, God. just barely missing the women. 
that was enough. They booked it out of the barn and went straight to John to report what had just happened. So he went and inspected the barn, but nothing more came of it. So three poles fall on them almost. Yeah. Like hurting them. Yes. With huge poles. No explanation. Nope. A few nights later, when John and his family were asleep, he's woken up by his wife whispering, John, there's someone in the house. Oh. So he sits up in bed and listens. It sounds as if there were footsteps coming from the kitchen downstairs. Footsteps that sounded like marching. That's when he heard the sound of his baby's cry, whose bedroom was right next to the kitchen. So he ran downstairs, only to find his baby safe in their crib and with no sign of an intruder. So the family goes to bed and tries to forget about what just happened. Until the next night. The footsteps. They can hear the footsteps so loud and clear, and now it sounds like they're coming up the stairs. John jumps out of bed and opens the bedroom door, but no one's on the steps, and no one is in the house. What the heck? And they're all hearing these footsteps? Yeah. Like, not just one of them? No. Oh my god. A few more nights go by without any activity, until they're awoken by those strong, marching footsteps. Only this time, they're getting even closer. This time, the footsteps made it all the way up the stairs. They lay there paralyzed in their beds, listening as the footsteps make their way all the way down the hall towards their bedroom. The footsteps stop just on the other side of their bedroom door. This was way too close. Oh my god, I would be freaking out. Losing it. Losing my mind. John grabs a fire poker from the side of his bed and approaches their bedroom door, bracing himself to fight off the unwanted intruder. He swings the door open and raises his weapon, but there's no one there. The next day, the McDonald women were in the kitchen when all of a sudden they hear a smash. It was the kitchen window. It had a hole pierced right through it, So they checked the kitchen floor and discovered a lead bullet. They were extremely frustrated, thinking that it was just a nearby hunter that had missed his shot and accidentally hit their house. So John's wife yells out the window in an angry voice, like, someone could have been seriously hurt, like, what's your problem? Watch where you're shooting next time. Yeah. But just as she said that, another bullet (gasps) came piercing through the window, and another, and another. Oh my god! Who is shooting at them? They don't know. The women dropped to the ground and the shooting stopped. But they soon realized those bullets were being shot into the house with great speed, as if from a gun. But they never heard any gunshots. The shots had no sound. So they were just coming through the window, but there was no... There wasn't any sound from a gun. And I googled this just to confirm when was a gun silencer invented. Mm -hmm. It wasn't invented until like 1940. Okay, so... And this is 1829. Yeah, there were no silencers back in the 1800s. Yeah. I had to check. Yeah, of course. So the activity was reported to the community and everyone was concerned for the family's safety. Not only were the nightly footsteps being heard, but there were rocks that would be thrown through their windows almost every day. So the family would take the rocks and throw them back in the nearby river, only to find, within minutes, 
more rocks were on the kitchen floor. The McDonald family was so perplexed by the reappearing rocks, so they began making markings on the rocks and would throw them back in the river. And again, within minutes, those rocks with the exact same markings would appear at their feet, completely wet. One witness recalls helping the family tie the marked rocks into a canvas bag and throwing it in the river. And when they came back to the house, they found those same rocks back on the floor. Oh my God. At this point, the windows had all been smashed. John got tired of replacing them, so he had to put boards up around the entire house. I would just move. I know. But I'd be like, this house is... We're getting out of I'm Dodge. done with this house. Yeah. We're leaving. One day, John and his family were sitting in the kitchen when all of a sudden, their baby's bassinet began rocking back and forth on its own. The rocking became stronger and stronger, rocking violently with the innocent baby inside. So John ran over to try and hold it still, but he couldn't fight the unknown force. His wife reached in and picked up the baby, and the rocking stopped on a dime. Oh my God. This activity was escalating and they were utterly terrified. So they gathered their things and moved next door to John's dad's house. But the activity followed them. Oh no. So they just ended up going back to their house anyways, where they would continue to endure the daily torment. After returning to the house, a group of neighbors were in the kitchen when a 10 inch knife flew across the room out of midair, missing everyone and piercing completely into the wooden frame of the house. There were approximately 24 witnesses that were either neighbors, investigators, family members, and friends who saw several different and frightening encounters for themselves. On another evening, they heard the scream from their infant son who was laying in his crib. When they lifted the boy from the crib, they found a red-hot stone, so hot that if put into water, it would sizzle. With the baby? Yeah. Oh my god. The family were now being physically harmed, mm -hmm. so they took the hot stone, threw it in the river, but the rock would reappear and the whole process repeated itself over and over that night. On top of all of this, all of John's livestock became suddenly ill and were dying off one by one. Oh my god. This sounds like a nightmare. I know. <laughs> this wouldn't be the only time objects were thrown across the room by unseen hands. A kettle was seen sitting on the stove when the lid came flying off and the kettle tipped over and began moving across the floor in unnatural directions. One evening, John looked over to his wife and asked, What's that smell? It was smoke. Oh no. John ran throughout the house frantically, looking in every corner, nook, and cranny, until he finally found a small fire starting in one of the closets upstairs. He quickly put it out before it could get out of control. But that wasn't the last time. Fires would keep popping up throughout the house, in closets, between the wooden wall planks, igniting from multiple areas of the house at the same time with no sign of cause. As soon as he would put out one fire, another would start. The mysterious fires got so out of control that they took over and eventually burned 
the McDonald's home to the ground. John was devastated. Oh, no. All his hard work on the farm, building mm-hmm. a home for his family, the relentless torture, and now they were homeless. Oh, it's so awful. But even after their home was in ashes, the activity still continued. They were at a complete loss. So John took the advice of a friend and got on the road to seek help from a more unconventional source. He was told there was a young woman who had a special gift, a woman with powers of the second sight. John didn't know what to expect, but when the woman walked out to meet him, he was a bit taken back. She appeared wholesome with a solid complexion. Her frame appeared fragile, and her eyes had a far away expression that would light up like fire when excited. When she spoke of her gift, it was a matter of fact, and she seemed really unaffected by it. She explained that she only used her powers under extraordinary circumstances because the aftermath would leave her in physical agony. Whoa. So she's like a witch? I don't know. A psychic? (laughs) A psychic, maybe? Maybe. So John begins to tell this young woman about his ongoing trouble. After a pause, the woman asks John, Did you ever have any trouble about a piece of land? John replies, Not exactly trouble. She then says, Didn't some of your neighbors desire to purchase a portion of your land? And did you not refuse them? And he realized, Yes. The young woman sat back in her chair and said, the long, low log house. She gave an exact description of the old woman who had approached John so many times, wanting to purchase his land. He was in shock. There were too many details for this to be a coincidence. She left the room to go seek the answers that he needed, and after three hours, she returned to the room looking exhausted. She said, One of his other properties had burned down during those three hours, and wouldn't you know it, he would later find out that while he was visiting this woman, his barn had burned down to the ground. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. This is nuts. Crazy. Crazy. The woman then asked, have you ever seen an unusual goose in your flock? He says, well, yes, actually I have, but it escaped. It was a black-headed goose with white wings and a single black feather in each wing. He had never seen it before, and it had appeared out of nowhere amongst his flock. So she then responded, Well, no amount of lead bullet would ever get rid of that goose, because in that bird is the destroyer of your peace. Taking the shape of that bird is your enemy. In order to defeat your enemy... You need to make a bullet out of sterling silver. You are then to go shoot that goose with the silver bullet. And when you wound the bird, your enemy will also be wounded, corresponding to the same part of their body. Go be at peace. Whoa. What's it called when you have... Like voodoo? Yeah, like voodoo. (laughs) Yes. That's what it reminds me of. So John turned around and made the 80-kilometer journey back to Baldoon. And when he got home, he made one single sterling silver bullet. He took his gun out back to the flock of geese and spotted the unusual goose. He raised his gun, aimed at the goose, 
making sure to be as accurate as possible because he only had one shot. John takes a deep breath, grips his gun, and leans back and pulls the trigger. The flock goes flying up into the air and they heard a human-like cry. When they ran over, they caught a glimpse of the goose hobbling off into the marsh with a wounded wing. John had to see for himself if the woman with second sight was right. So he walked down the river to the woman who lived in the long, low log house. He approached the property, and there, sitting on the porch, was the old woman, holding her arm in agony, uttering curses to herself. When she saw John staring from the front of the property, she recoiled and went inside. That's when John knew she was the goose. So after that day, all the suspicious and frightening activity completely ceased, and the McDonald family were never tormented again. They finally had peace. None of the events were ever solved, making this one of Canada's most baffling, unexplained mysteries. So was this witchcraft, folklore, or simply a bitter old lady on a mission to harass an innocent family? We will never know. Whose crime is it anyway? Thanks so much for listening to our Halloween episode of Whose Crime Is It Anyway? We will be back next week with a brand new case. Find us on Instagram at Whose Crime Podcast and on Twitter at Whose Crime Pod. Until next time, happy, happy Halloween! Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>